All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody here in the house. Awesome to be with all of you and worship and uh, all of you who are watching online. I always want to say that we are just so glad you're joining us as well, wherever you are joining us from. Can't wait for you to, to come and be here with us. Uh, you know, open doors to whoever is watching online. So glad you're doing that. And I'm Andy. I'm one of the pastors. If we haven't met, I'm going to tell you, uh, my voice right now is on the verge of like becoming hoarse. And, and I'm going to admit to you, I came in this morning saying, I'm not going to sing, I'm not going to sing out loud. I'm just going to be in worship. And I blew it right away in the first song. I knew it was going to happen. And it's what happens when we get together. So uh, hopefully God will be with us and, and, and he'll carry my voice through. But, uh, you know, I'm like, you know what, heck with it. I'm just going to sing to the Lord. I couldn't help myself. And, and I pray and hope that that was the same for you. Uh, how was worship? Good, everybody? It was awesome. I love worshiping with you. Yeah. So hopefully my voice will, will carry. So uh, we are in, if you're visiting or new, a year-long series where we've been going through the Bible. We started this in January, and now we are uh, in the New Testament. Uh, and we're just right now at a place where we are spending a lot of time talking about Jesus, okay? So let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them and open them up to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to be today. And... As uh, many of you are grabbing your Bibles and opening them up, here's, here's what I want to start with. I want to start with a question. Here's a question I have for you. Have you, in person, by the way, in person, ever seen uh, or witnessed somebody do something so powerful that it looks superhuman? You were like, there's no way that I saw what I just saw. Have you ever seen that or, or witnessed something uh, that just seemed to be superhuman strength? You hear stories, right, where people do crazy things. You hear stories where people, like, lift cars off uh, of their spouse or their kid or something like that or getting out of danger in, in a crazy way. Uh, and it actually happens. They call this something, by the way. Here's what they call it. They call it hysterical strength, believe it or not. That's what they call it. And it really does happen when you get this rush of adrenaline and endorphins and it just gives you this, like, burst of power for just a little bit uh, of time. I've never actually uh, seen anything in person like that. I've never seen somebody lift a car off of somebody. Uh, but, I, but I have seen and witnessed my kids be born. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, that was amazing to me uh, what Courtney did. It was amazing. Not only was it amazing that she did it, but she did it twice, everybody. And I'm like, what? That's crazy strength. And now I'm just assuming that in the, in the middle of either one of those, if I just said, honey, you are displaying hysterical strength right now. That wouldn't have gone so good, everybody. I don't think I would have gone. They need to rebrand the name hysterical strength. And so, uh, but it happens. And, and so here's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in a place in the story with Jesus where we're going to see the power of Jesus on display. And it's not hysterical power. It's not even human power. It is a power that can only be explained with God. Uh, so we're going to see Jesus encounter something, uh, and it's going to push us into thinking and into a realm of thinking for us that's going to push a little bit of you this morning. Because we're going to be talking about the spiritual world and demons and, and good and evil, and, and we're going to encounter probably one of the most messed up people in the Bible, and Jesus is going to drive out thousands of demons in him, and we're going to see a bunch of pigs that were in the wrong place at the wrong time. So welcome to church. Glad you're here. Let's go. Mark 5, chapter 1. Stay here. It's going to be great, all right? So it says this in Mark 5, 1. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake, 
in the region of the Gerasenes, okay? So, so here's where we're at in the story right now. I, just, I threw up a map here that's in my study Bible. Uh, so where Jesus was ministering at this point was, was basically this area, uh, mostly in Galilee. Uh, and, and what he would do is he would, and many of us know this, he would, he would minister and heal and, and crowds would just like mob him. And in order to kind of get away from them, what he would do is he would, they would get on a boat and he would travel through the Sea of Galilee to the other side. Now this, this sea, just so you know, uh, I looked it up, it's about 64 square miles, pretty big. Pretty big. So I think at its longest, it's 13 miles, and at its widest, it's 8. So I think that helps you get a grasp. So you can't see to the other side. Pretty big body of water, and so that's what they would do. And so where he's going is right about here uh, in, in the Gerasenes. It's not specific. The Gerasenes is, kind of stands for a bigger uh, place, and it's debated on where it actually is. Uh, but here's what we know about it, is that it is in a place called the Decapolis, if you see this. And what we know about this area is that uh, it's a pagan region. Uh, it's polytheistic, is in, in control of Rome. Rome controlled it, but they were free to do that. So polyistic means that they worshipped all kinds of different gods, did all kinds of practices. They were sophisticated. They were uh, technology was pretty advanced. So it was kind of a bigger city area, and it's just it's where the pagans lived, and so it's very different. Than, than the little Jewish communities and villages that Jesus had been to, okay? And so here's where we're at right now, where, we're at, where, where we are. They're, they're on the Sea of Galilee going from one place in Galilee to the other, to the Gerasenes. And, and what had happened is they're on their way and a huge storm hits. This is right at the end of Mark chapter 4. It was a violent, violent storm. These guys are fishermen and it was really freaking these guys out. Uh, and they were afraid they were going to die. And what it says is Jesus was sleeping, okay? And so while Jesus was sleeping, these guys were bailing their lives out. And so one of them happened to say, let's, let's go ahead and wake Jesus up. And they, said, and they said this, they said, don't you even care that we're going to drown? Don't you care that we're about to die? And so Jesus gets up, he looks at the storm, and he just says, peace, be still. And it stops. Everything stops. Weather stops. The, the water starts stops shaking. It's glassy and all these things. And the guys look at Jesus, the guys look at what happened, and they freak out, and they say, who is this man? Who's this man that the wind and the waves even obey him? And so this is where these guys, the disciples, the close to him, were at with Jesus at this point. I want to point this out. They were still trying to figure out who Jesus was. We can't miss that. They, they, were, they didn't know exactly who he was. And so this is what happened right before. This is what happened right before they get to the garrison. So now they come to shore, uh, and let's keep reading. It says, so they came to shore, and when Jesus climbed out of the boat... A man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. When, whenever he was put in the chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And day and night, uh, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. And so when Jesus was still some distance away after he got off the boat, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. All right, so, so we can picture this moment. The guy, Jesus and the guys, they get to shore, and they're just ready to kind of rest up for the next day with whatever Jesus is going to do. But right when they get to shore, this madman makes a beeline for Jesus. Okay, now, let me try to get you there. I'm going to try to get you there like with today. So say uh, you drive to the store. 
right? And the store is next to a graveyard. Actually, when I was growing up, we did have a grocery store. It was right by uh, a graveyard, a cemetery. And you look out, and you see some weird-looking, crazy, half-naked dude uh, out there screaming, all right, screaming. And it's obvious he's not on a graveside visit, everybody. You know what I'm saying? He's not visiting his mom's grave. He's nuts, all right? And his hair looks like he just got electrocuted. And, and here's what happens. Before you look away, he looks at you, and you make that eye contact that you didn't want. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh, darn. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just starts sprinting towards you. Now, let me ask you. You getting out of that car? All signs point to no, you're not getting out of the car. You're starting that thing up and you're getting out of there. And so this is what's happening. You got to feel, I'm telling you, you got to feel for these guys. You got to feel for the disciples, right? They're looking, they're like, oh man, here comes crazy. Here he comes, here he comes. Jesus, why are you smiling? What is happening right now, right? And, and I want you to notice, don't miss this little nugget. If you can read it again, Jesus is still the only one off the boat, all right? Because they're like, we see this coming. And you know what? That storm it wasn't so bad. Like, we're okay. Let's go back into the storm. And maybe they were acting like they were asleep. Like, Jesus was like, oh, I didn't see any of this, right? So that, and here's the thing. For the entire story, it does not say that one guy got off that boat other than Jesus. I just, I just find that kind of funny, okay? And, and what we know about this guy is he was legendary. He was feared. He was ferocious. People as far as 10 cities away knew about the crazy guy in the graveyard. He was ostracized by his community. They tried to help him. They did, but they couldn't help. They tried to subdue him, but nothing worked. And it says uh, that, that he would break the chains even when they put him on there. And it even says that he, he was cutting and he was hurting himself. And we find out why. We find out why. Because he, it says he had an unclean spirit. He had demons. And so this dude comes out naked, crazy, big, muscular, just sprinting towards the boat. And then it says that he stops and he bows down on his knees. And it says he bowed low, and, and I want you to understand what it says. This is the Greek word, bowed low, is the Greek word proskenine, and here's what it meant, everybody. It means demonstrating yourself before someone to whom reverence or worship is due. And this is so important to see with what we're going to break down here in this story, because this is the response that the man had, and this is the response that the demons had too with Jesus. Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 7, so we're there in the moment. So with a shriek, the guy screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Because Jesus said already to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. And then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside of this man. And then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. So now we're finding out a little bit more about this guy and what's going on and why he was so powerful and so strong and wild. And is that he was possessed, that there was a demon in him, but it wasn't just one demon. It was what it says, a legion of demons. Legion was an army term, a military term uh, that meant thousands, thousands, everybody. And so this, this is what's going on. And even though we don't have any record of Jesus coming to this area uh, of the Decapolis yet, the guy knew. Right, The demons knew right away who Jesus was. They said, what do you have to do with me, son of the most high God? And here's what we need to see as, as you read the book of Mark here. So in the entire book of Mark to this point, in the first four chapters, besides John the Baptist, he's the only one. No one has figured out who Jesus was yet. 
No one exactly knew who he was. Even the disciples were still saying, who is this guy? Like, he's not normal. What's going on? And I find this kind of disturbing because the first mention of Jesus being God doesn't come from people's realization. It actually comes from demons' fear and apprehension of him. It amazes me. It's disturbing to me. They knew right away who he was. And so Jesus and demons have this crazy exchange, right? Uh, And they're they're asking him to not send him off his far place. And it's the first big idea, if you're taking notes, that we need to understand here before we go any further. And it's this, is that the spiritual world is absolutely real. This is what it's showing us. It's absolutely real. And so if you want to know, right, you're here and you want to know, Andy, shoot me straight. Do you believe in a spiritual realm in this world with angels and demons and all that stuff? And the answer is yes, I absolutely do. And there's two big reasons why I would say yes, without a doubt, I know that the spiritual world is real. First one is that my personal experience can tell me that. My per- I've, I have seen things, I've witnessed things, I've gone through things just in my life uh, where I, and I've been in a situation where it's just clear that there is something going on against the good in this world. I just felt it, and there's, there's this opposition of good going on. I, I've been in places, and, and, and there's been something more than just physical going on. So here's what I'll say. Just like I believe in an atom or, or, or a gas or radio waves that I can't see, I believe that there is evidence of a spiritual world. That's the first reason why I would say I absolutely believe it's true. I can't explain uh, it any other way. And here's the other reason. I believe it because I'm a Christian. And I want you to understand that, everybody. Because here's what Christian means. Christian, by definition, is professing Christianity and its teachings. And so because the Bible talks about it, and because Jesus confirms it, I therefore believe it. That's all that I need to say. The Bible is clear in dozens and dozens of places on this, on top of the story that we're encountering with Jesus and what happens here himself, okay? And so here's what I would say, and we can move forward. You can just ch- take this as a challenge wherever you want. I would say it's impossible to be a professing follower of Christ and not believe in the existence of spiritual forces. I just, it, there's too much evidence in the Bible, and, and if we are Christians, we would profess it and say that we believe it in its teaching, okay? And if you're here, by the way, and you doubt it, First of all, like if you think it's a bunch of hubbity-bubbity, I get it. I get it if you don't follow God or follow the Bible, I understand. But, but, but can I just say this, if that's you and you're here and you're kind of wondering more about Jesus and God. I mean, is it really that difficult to, to believe? Really? I mean, is it really that difficult to believe that, that there is something you can't see and an influence in this world that goes against the good that should be here? It's not, is it that really hard to imagine? I don't think it is. Because I, just like me, uh, I know that you've seen stuff on the TV, you've come across news, you've watched things that happen, and you think, man, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would they do that? What is going on? That, it seems like pure evil. It just can't really, uh, nothing else really makes sense. And guys, I'm here to tell you, nothing else does make sense. It is evil. It does exist. There is a thing that opposes the good and wreaks havoc in this physical world. Is it really that hard to imagine? I don't think it is, okay? And here's what we do with it, by the way, uh, as, as followers of Jesus Christ. Because I think we can get to two extremes of this. One is that you don't really just think about it or believe it at all, or the other is that it's just you believe about it too much. So C.S. Lewis, I think, has the best take. Here's what he says in his book, The Screwtape Letters. He says, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence, and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Do you hear what he's saying? So we have to have a balance. That's what he's saying. We have to have this balance. We have to find a balance of awareness, but not letting it consume us. Does that, does that make sense? Like, God wants us to be aware uh, and alert, but not give it more power than it actually 
has, all right? So, so let's get back to the story, all right? So we have Jesus versus Legion, and uh, Legion recognizes Jesus, and it says that we see they're starting bartering with Jesus. They're saying, hey, man, don't, don't take us into that distant place. And so let's see what happens. Next verse, it says, so then there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. And so Jesus gave them permission. And then the evil spirits came out of the man, couldn't imagine that, entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. And so now a question that some of us are going through right now is what's up with the pigs? Okay, like that is, if you've never read this story before, that's weird, right? Because some of you now uh, are seeing this picture of 2,000 little pigs named Babe just plunging to their death. And if you didn't see it before, you see it now, okay? And I'm very sorry. And if you're a kid here, I'm very sorry. Uh, we got kids ministry for you. Uh, it'd be a great spot for you to be, okay? Um, but now, like, you know what I mean? So now you're putting names on them, right? You're like, Bacon, Arnold, no, right? Why, why did Jesus do that? That's a logical. Why did he do that? Well, first off, here's what I want us to see. That Jesus didn't kill him. The demons actually killed him. He just sent them into the pigs. And here's what we need to see. Because demons are about destruction, therefore they destroyed the pigs. I just want us to see that. They're the ones who killed the pigs. But I also think why this is here and why Jesus allowed that to happen is, I just, this is just my thought, by the way. You don't see it. I think for the people there... I just think they needed to see something. They needed to see this, and I think Jesus was showing them what, what evil really looked like. He's like, if you want to see it, here's what it is. And imagine being this guy. Imagine being this guy in the turmoil that he was going through, and then he finally gets this relief, and he sees what was actually in him. Imagine being that guy. And I think Jesus, what he did also in this moment with that guy and also with us, is that he wanted to tell that guy how valued he was. And, and, and don't miss this. He's like, you're, you're valued even more than 2,000 pigs to me. You know why, everybody? Because there is a distinct difference in the relationship that we have with God and that animals have with God. You can read it from the very beginning, and I think that's what he was proving as well. Amen, somebody? Because he was like, because I value you, I love you, and you're not too far gone in this world. And so, so he But the demons really kill the pigs, just saying. So he drives out the demons. And they go into the pigs, and, and the guy, and the pig herders, and all they all see it, right? And it leads us to this conclusion, which is the second big idea, and it's this, is that Jesus has ultimate authority. That he has ultimate authority. So think about this. Think about this. This is crazy. The demons, right? The demons, they have authority over this guy for who knows how long. Long enough for ten cities to hear about this dude and then jesus comes and it's not even a fight it's not even a fight they immediately beg and ask permission from jesus and they do that everybody because they knew they knew that jesus listen to me wasn't just a great teacher he wasn't just a good man. He couldn't cast the demons out because he knew the scriptures like it was some sort of magic potion. No, no. He defeats them because they knew he was the son of the most high God. Yes, somebody? Yes. That's what they knew. And, and here's what we need to know. Here's what we need to know. We're in a fight. We are in a spiritual battle. Don't make a mistake on that. And what we need to think about as believers, here we go. And when we wrestle, 
right? When we go through this, when we fight, listen, this is so important that when you feel hopeless or when you feel helpless, when you feel let down or you feel overwhelmed, when you're having a day where you just go, you know what, man? There just seems to be something that is opposing the good that's around here. That's true. It's an opposing force, but you need to know something, somebody, that Jesus has already won. It wasn't even close, and that has a victory in you, okay? You need to remember that. Somebody needs to wake up today. Come on, man. That's good news. That's good news. I'm clapping for that. I'm so glad that I have victory because here's what John says about it he says listen don't forget that if you have Jesus that you're from God and you have overcome them that you've overcome them because for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world what a promise to know what a great victory to claim in the name of Jesus so the demons they right they get cast out amazing this guy sees it poor Wilbur's dead you know and the demons Demons did it, I'm just saying. But anyways, and so let's keep reading, verse 14. It says, The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed and perfectly sane. Okay, so again, just picture, this is a great story, isn't it? The scene is great. Word gets out about the guy, right, and, and the pigs, and, and this is really big news. It's big enough where they are spreading this all over these cities, right, and they're traveling to actually see this, and they get there, and there's and, and this crazy man who's breaking chains and screaming and crying, where is he? Like, where's the guy? I've seen him before. I don't see him anymore. Where is he at? And then they see him, and he's clean, and his hair is nice, and he's wearing clothes, yay, right? Like, like, and, he's just, and he's just sitting there with Jesus. No way that's him. What happened? He met Jesus, that's what happened. He met Jesus, that's what happened. The guy who everyone gave up on, the gal who nobody gave a chance, the person who would never, you would never give a chance that would change. This is what happens when people meet Jesus. I mean, this guy could have been the he's one of the worst guys in the entire bible i think but he met jesus and now he's sitting there with pants on learning bible it's great this is what happens this is what happens this is what happens when somebody encounters jesus that's why we say here that everybody's welcome to hear this good news everybody has a seat in this place because no one is beyond god's grace and mercy and love and forgiveness we absolutely believe change is possible because jesus changes people that's what he's in the business of doing that's just what he does and for some it's like right away that was me like when i came to know jesus march 5th 1995 man that was it like my life changed immediately for others like it may take a different path but here's what we don't do we don't lose hope for anybody come on everybody we don't lose hope for anybody because here's the thing to have hope for everybody only requires hope in one person. Think about that. To have hope for everybody, it only requires hope in one person. So don't ever lose hope. You know, maybe you're here and you're thinking about your son or your friend or your wife or your, or your neighbor. Don't ever lose hope. This is what this story is. This is what Jesus is telling you. Don't ever think that you're too far away from my grasp, from my reach, from my mercy and my love, and I can do it. Just believe in me, and change can happen. What a great message for us to be encouraged by. And so, so he meets Jesus, right, and everything changes, and Jesus' power, full sight, right? So we have him, and we have the, the people, and the guy, and now we're here with this incredible power of the Son of the Most High God. And so what do they do with it? 
Gang, listen, what do we do with it? Let's keep reading. It says that they saw it and they came and they were all afraid. And then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and to leave them alone. Here's the first thing that people can do with the power of Jesus and it's what we can still see today is they reject it. <clears throat> they reject it. So the people, they saw what Jesus did. They spread the word about who he was and the power that was, that was on display and it says they were afraid. And so they asked Jesus to just leave. They rejected Jesus, everybody. Don't miss that. They rejected him. And it seems crazy, but it still happens today. It still happens today. Even when it's so clear or so easy to see. You ever wonder that? You're like, how are they doing that? Even though it's so clear that, that it's Jesus and it's not something that we're doing. And, you know, and here's the thing. Maybe it was out of fear for them. Maybe it's out of fear today. Maybe, maybe it was denial. Maybe they weren't ready for their lives to be completely changed. Maybe they love the pigs more than they loved him. Maybe they, people today love their stuff or the things that they're going after more. Than it's not really too different from what happens today. This is what people today, this is the same thing that we deal with, with Jesus and his power. They rejected it. But then we got the guy, right? We got the man who was down and out, who was hopeless and helpless. Uh, he did something else. Let's read, because there's a second response. It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, still cracks me up because the guys were like, come on, man, right? Like, <laughs> I'm sure they got off at some point, but it just, I read it. It's just great. It just sticks out to me. They're like, oh, okay. So anyways, and a man who, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with them. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you uh, and how merciful he has been. And so the man started off to visit the 10 towns, the Decapolis of that region, and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. And so here's the second thing that people could do with the power of Jesus is that you can embrace it. This is what he did, right? You can embrace it. And so the guy, I love it, he, he wanted to go with him. He wanted to go with him. He's looking, he's like, is there any room in there? And the guy's like, nope, no room. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm ready to go. He's like, you know, you know he's, like, I'm, I, he's probably like, I burned so many bridges here. Like, there's no way they're going to give me a shot anymore. Let me just go to the other side with you. But Jesus says, no, stay here. Stay here. And he does. He does, and he goes out, and he tells the ten towns, which was called the Decapolis, and he told everybody what Jesus did for him, and it says everyone was amazed. And here's how I read it. Here's what I see in this. I see people converted to believe in Jesus, that, that he told them about this, and they knew who he was. They're like, I know you. Tell me more about this Jesus. I need hope. I need something in my life. I just believe people came to know Jesus, and I think change happened. This is what we do, everybody, with what Jesus has done for us. And so, so this is how I want to end for us. This is how, what I want to end with. I want to end with, with this amazing story of Jesus' power and ability. Here's my challenge for us if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, okay? How can you, I don't know if you want to write this down somehow. I didn't put it in the outline. How can you be intentional about saying something every day about what Jesus does for you? How can you be intentional to tell someone every day that God is good in some area of your life? That's doable, isn't it? That's a doable thing. That's, that's a great challenge. And think about this. If you just take on this challenge, just one person a day, if you do this once a day, you can be an agent of light and, and take ammunition away from the enemy for 365 people. Actually, uh, this next year is a leap year. Bonus, 366 people. That's awesome. That's even better. So it's a good time to take this challenge. Okay, just one person a day. 
And, and let me tell you why this is so important. People need hope out there. They need help. They are looking for a lifeline in their life. I believe it with every fiber of my being because that's where I was before I met Jesus. And that's where you were before you met Jesus. And they need to hear it over and over again. God is so good. Man, God loves me. Man, God is amazing. Isn't Jesus so great? You never know how one of those little messages could just, just totally impact somebody's life and change can happen. Even with the little things that you don't think are so big, that may be a bigger witness to someone that they needed and they've needed it for days in their life, I'm telling you. So carry that message out there, okay? I think that's doable, right? Can we do that? I think we could do that. I couldn't imagine just if this room did it, how many people could be impacted over there. And then imagine like somebody did it and somebody else did it for the same person. Like, well, I just heard that from, from, from my friend. You know, I couldn't imagine what that could do and it could make a bigger difference than you know. And you know, maybe you're here and, and you know, again, like we're, we're a place where I really do believe everybody's welcome to hear this. I'm not going to assume that everybody here is a follower of Jesus Christ. We're so glad that you're here. We're glad. We want this place to be an open door for you. And maybe you're wondering something about that guy. Something's hitting you about the guy. That you're resonating with him. Not the crazy part, but uh, everything else. You know, I'm not, like, I'm not saying you're nuts. I'm just saying like, but you see, listen to me, you see the change. You see how Jesus just let him come. And, and what happened to him and, and Jesus changed him and you're thinking about your life and you want to experience God like that and you just know you haven't and that's why you're here. You're like, I want to and I'm telling you, if I could, I would totally believe in Jesus. Here's my hope for you. A, just keep coming back and, but I do believe if, if you feel like something's resonating with you, I do believe that God is speaking to you right now wherever you are and if you're watching out there, uh, I just want to say something. Can you see that, that Jesus came for you for that reason? He came to change your life. He came to make you right. He came to fill that gap in that can only be filled by him. We try to fill it up with all these other things, and I'm telling you, he's the only thing that can fill that up. He came so that you could experience God and his fullness and his riches and his glory and his mercy and his forgiveness in your life, and that will change you. I believe it. I've seen it happen in my own life. And so, so here's what I know and what the story is telling us. Jesus will meet you right where you are. You don't have to change right now. He loves you. He sees you exactly where you are. And in this story, G listen, he healed a man that was sailed down the river by everybody else. He was beyond repair, but Jesus still healed him. And he wants you to know that there is nothing that he wants to do more than to change your life as well. So here's the truth. Jesus offers you something that you will never be able to find on your own and you will never find out there in the world. He offers you lasting change and eternal purpose and peace, okay? Lasting change and eternal purpose and peace. Lasting change and true peace cannot happen in your life until you realize who God is and that Jesus came for you and then you accept and surrender your life over to him. That's the only way that you will absolutely find purpose, peace, and lasting change in this world. When you just, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, that's what will happen. That's an exchange that happens. When he died on the cross, he died for you. He made it personal for you. This wasn't for the world, it was for you for you that he saw you and he said i still do it and i do it over and over again but i only had to do it once and if you believe in me and you believe that 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 is the power that actually can rescue you and make you right with a god who made you and loves you that that is what will fill up the gap that you've been searching for and looking to to fill up with all this other stuff good stuff too by the way i mean that happens all the time you can come to church that's not what's going to do it 
Like you could do good things, you, you could look the part, but that will not bring the change that only Christ can give you when you surrender your life over to him. That's what will bring in forgiveness of your sins and you will enter into this exchange, I'm telling you. And it'll change you. It'll make you new. That's what happens. You, you are made new. The old is gone and the new has become. That's what Jesus wants to do. That's what so many of you are waiting on to see happen in your life. That's what this guy experienced. That's what he experienced. And he completely, read it again, it completely changed his life. And he wants to do it for you. So if you haven't done that, I just want to invite you to do that. I want to invite anybody who's ready to accept Jesus into your life. And, uh, you know, if you know that you haven't done that or experienced the change that God wants to do, I'm just going to uh, pray a simple prayer. You could pray that prayer to make sure that you, it, the prayer doesn't do it. Like, it's not a magic thing, but it just helps you understand that, okay, that I made that decision today right this was the day that that jesus changed my life and so uh if all of us could just bow our heads and, and close our eyes and i know some of you might not be even doing that but if you could just help me out and, and do that i just want to give everybody a moment here if that's you like if you're ready to receive god's gift of mercy and forgiveness and be made right with him and see jesus for who he is and what he could do for you here's what we could do. just pray this in your heart and you can pray god i finally accept who i am i'm a sinner I can't fix that on my own. I believe Jesus came to fix my sin and make me right with you when he died on the cross. Jesus, thank you for coming to rescue me, even though I don't deserve it. And so I commit my life to you. I surrender to you today. Make me new. So now for all of us, Jesus, help us feel your power. Help us see your authority. Help us claim your victory in this world that needs to see it, hear it, and claim it so badly. And help those of us who have experienced that in our lives be great messengers out in this world and, and to be the light and the change that people can see, to be the messengers of people who we love and people who need to see you so badly. We love you, we need you, and we are so glad for this story today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer today, we are so glad that you did that. I just want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. And, and if you did that, please come find me or Chad. Fill out that Connect card. Uh, there's a little box that I prayed to receive Jesus Christ. Hey, it's a big step. It's the first step, everybody. So we'd love to get some more resources in your hands. Do that. Uh, and we will see you next week, everybody.